Good morning, good morning. This is Dr. Brenda Shoshana. So happy to be with you today. We're here for our next episode of our podcast, Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And every day is today. Today is a day, yesterday, tomorrow. And of course, in Zen, we focus as much as possible on today. Not just today, but right now. You know, there's a wonderful saying from one of the great ancestors, Oman, which is, every day is a good day. Wow, it's so beautiful. He, what he says in a little more fully is, <clears throat> excuse me, when there are no unnecessary thoughts in your mind, every day is a good day. How beautiful is that? When there are no unnecessary thoughts in your mind, it's those unnecessary thoughts, I like the way he puts it, that makes a day perhaps not a good day, where we don't relish and appreciate every single moment and every single thing. Because we think all kinds of things about it. Oh, this is bad. This is unfrightening. This is not what I want. But when we avoid those thoughts, or we notice them, but don't really give them too much credence, and we just focus more on the day itself, the moment itself, there's a joy that comes and a goodness that comes, inevitably. Anyway, my talk for today is called something a little different than that, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it connects deep on a deeper level. The talk is titled, The Practice of Real Kindness. Real Kindness. And I like the fact that we include in the title, The Practice of Real Kindness, which suggests that some real kindness is something that requires or that deserves our, our attention and our devotion and our intention doesn't pop up automatically by itself, although it may seem to. And you know, today we are in the, or right now, we're in the season of, of, of kindness, of gifts, of holidays, of wishing everyone well, what, wishing them a good, happy new year, a good holiday time, wishing them happiness, per, having gatherings, parties, all of that. It's the end of the year, the holiday season, the beginning of the new year, a time of we could call it joy, we could call it celebration. And fundamentally, it's a time of the practice of kindness, taking account of ourselves and of others, maybe not just rushing by. So it's a time when we really want to lift each other's spirits. So given the importance of kindness this season and in general, of course, I think it's a very nice to pause a little bit and look at what is real kindness? What does that really consist of? There are so many counterfeit forms, and we really get trapped by them, and they backfire. And it can be dangerous, and it can be more than dangerous. It can be disheartening, dispiriting when we offer or think we're receiving real kindness, and then the consequences don't feel right. They're not good. So let's talk a little more about kindness. How do we live it? What is it? And how do we practice it? That's an interesting idea, isn't it? To practice it, which actually just means 
to be really aware of it and of the lack of it. So actually, the practice of kindness is an incredible koan. It's a koan, which means it's something that we grapple with, that we live with, that lives with us, that we don't figure out in our mind, but that we really take into our bones. It's so important to open our eyes and not get trapped into counterfeit kindness. So many people say, I'm kind, or I have to be kind, or I have to treat this one kindly. And what does that actually mean? Superficially, we can smile and be sweet and say, and say the right thing and look the right way. And deep down, we don't sense that the person inside needs us in a totally different way. There's a much deeper need that's at work here. So maybe we'll give somebody sympathy. I call it superficial sympathy. And we give them money, we give them a gift, instead of really giving them ourselves. Instead of really being there fully with no ideas about who they are, no judgments, no expectations, just being there and really being with them and hearing the unspoken cry or the unspoken word or the unspoken need. You know, there's a beautiful saying from the book of the Zen Garden, which is, the great need before our eyes does not allow us to go by the rules. Very fascinating. I always love that. The great need before our eyes. Here it is, right before our eyes. Sometimes the rules blind us to the great need, to the moment's call. Or another form of counterfeit kindness is we may seem to be, to be offering a great deal or portray a feeling of caring, but underneath this gift that, of what we're giving, this kindness that we're giving, really has a huge price tag with it. Unconsciously or unspokenly, we demand that our kindness be reciprocated. The person has to be thankful, they have to be grateful, or maybe they have to behave in a certain way. And when they don't, when we don't receive the return that we expected, what happens then? Very important part of the koan. If you're giving to get something back, that's not really giving. It's barter, like in the marketplace. The price tag could be too high. You know, in Zen practice, there's a practice called takuhatsu, which is a, the ancient practice of begging where the monks would wear big straw hats with big brims and walk one behind another, usually barefoot or with a very small amount of, just like a little sandal on their feet, and they would walk down into the village to receive funds or alms or food or whatever was given to sustain their lives and the lives of the monastery. And as they would walk into town, they might chant. And then they would lower their eyes and lower their head and hold out their begging bowl. So they did not see the face of those who gave to them and that person who was giving, putting something, an offering or a donation into their begging bowl, did not see them. That's so beautiful. The giver and the gift and the giving all became one. 
No one was shamed because they held out the begging bowl they had a need. No one was more powerful because they put something in the begging bowl. They didn't have any rights over the other person. They never saw each other's face. I love that so much. It was just the giving and the gift. Beautiful. Nothing more expected in return. No one, again, is higher or lower. You know, there's also a wonderful phrase in Zen called idiot compassion. <laughs> and this is a tough phrase, but it, it needs to be tough. Sometimes we need tough phrases to break into our complacency or to break into a mindless state we go into. So this tough phrase, idiot compassion, refers to the fact that most expressions of kindness may only be skin deep. These expressions of kindness could be really offered to manipulate someone else or to seek approval or benefit, or they're offered in an offhand, haphazard way. This kind of kindness does not see what is truly needed or what the situation is demanding or requesting of us now. Sometimes parents do that with their children. I gave you this, I did that for you, I did the other thing, and how are you repaying me? How are you paying me back? That's very common, that kind of attitude. Not kindness. Sometimes, actually, when we go back to the concept of idiot compassion, sometimes saying no, or rejecting someone even, or growling at them maybe, as we see in many of the Zen stories, is the highest kindness possible. This forces a person to wake up and get in touch with their own strength or to stand on their own two feet. It wakes them up. It breaks into the loop. Other times the highest kindness is simply being fully present for someone else and not judging them or rejecting them in any way at all. You know, you can't put this in a box or in a formula. Deep or true kindness requires a very wide awake and open state of being. I would like to tell you a beautiful story, which I love anyway, which il to me illustrates pure kindness, and it comes from the world of Zen again, because it's a world that I really, somehow I resonate so much with, and I love it. Honor it very much, including all of those who have fallen down in that world, but have given so much to us all. Anyway, the story is here. Many monks lived at a very strict monastery. This is an, an old story, practicing very diligently. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of diligence, and it could be very demanding. It is very demanding. However, among these monks at this monastery was a renegade monk. After the lights closed for the night and all the monks went to sleep quickly, he would sneak out and climb over the wall and carouse in town, drinking, partying, just doing whatever he wanted, which is, of course, the opposite of all the rules and the opposite of what is required. But anyway, then he'd creep back into the monastery very early in the morning and join all the monks on the cushions, doing his sitting and, and going through the day. The monks, of course, were very disturbed by him and, and very disgusted and upset, and they continually complained to the Zen master about this. 
look what he's doing. Do something. Stop him. Do something. And the Zen master would listen, but he would say nothing at all. Just listen. Finally, the monks were completely fed up by this, and they decided that if this renegade monk wasn't thrown out, they were all leaving. This wasn't a decent place of practice. So they confronted the Zen master, and they said to him, either this monk is thrown out or we are all leaving. And the Zen master listened carefully, and he said, please do leave. He said it very kindly. It's fine. You're all very good monks, and you will all do very well wherever you go. You will find a good place to practice. But your fellow monk who climbs over the wall, he needs me. Where can he go? So he will be the one to stay. Wow. That's what I say. I go deep bow to that Zen master. What a brave and beautiful and clear expression of kindness on a whole different level. Anyway, I I would like to give you, as I always do as we come to the close of our podcast, something to think about, a little exercise or a little way to take this material and integrate it into your life. I've been getting emails that people really enjoy that, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad because when we take anything, any concept or any understanding and we actually live it, then we're living the life of koans, (laughs) making them real. It's a beautiful way to live. It's a beautiful way to live. Okay, so here we go. This this, um, exercise or koan, whatever you want to call it, I call it the many faces of kindness. And I ask you, where is kindness needed in your life? Where is it needed? That's a fascinating question for me, for everyone. Stop, take a look. We don't really think about that or look at that. Where is kindness in your life needed, including to yourself maybe? Sometimes it's very easy to be kind to others and not to ourselves. So just take a look and see. There are many, again, knee-jerk ways to offer so-called kindness and feel as if we've met our responsibility but in this exercise just look a little deeper has the true need present been fulfilled or is our kindness just a way to soothe our superficial feelings how about your need has the deeper need the deeper cry been fulfilled has it been recognized and has it been fulfilled Find some other ways you can offer kindness, some new ways, to whatever it is that seems to require it. I find this part of the exercise beautiful. I love it. Find new ways of offering kindness. How interesting is that? Many of us do not even realize that those around us are longing to be touched and to be reached out to to be connected with. There are many ways to make that connection, to offer that kindness, many, many ways, ways you might not have even imagined. But when you take this and grapple with it and dwell with it, new things will appear. You will find it fascinating to explore the many faces of kindness. I know I do. And the effects 
these different waves may have. So come listen to our weekly podcast next week and share this with your friends if you care to. Our, our um, website is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. I have a bunch of books that you might enjoy. You can find them on Amazon under my name, Brenda Shoshana, S-H-O-S-H-A-N-N-A. There's one that people really particularly like around the holiday time called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love. This book is, was done quite a while ago, but people have gotten a lot of benefit from it, I, I'm happy to say. And whatever might strike you, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I wish you a beautiful holiday season. What I really wish you is to find new, exciting, unexpected, and fulfilling ways of practicing kindness. And let me know about them. I'm so interested to hear how this exercise goes. You can contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear how these exercises are going for you and also any other comments or questions you may have. Okay. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. Have a beautiful, beautiful week.